Normally, if you look, you'll see I don't look like him. He's a little lighter skinned than I am, right? <laughs> Anyways, trying to lighten things up a little bit, you know. So. Did you folks hear about the uh, claustrophobic astronaut? He just needed some space. <laughs> so anyways, we, we try hard here. We, we really do. The title of my message this morning is um, More of Me for More of You. And uh, what, what I'm kind of basing this off is what I've sort of been sensing. The sense that there's folks who... Um, you've hit kind of what I call a ceiling in your spiritual walk. You ever been in, in a place where there's a low ceiling, you know, and you're kind of walking along, and then all of a sudden you go to hook, get up, and you think, ah, oh, you know, it hits your head, and you're kind of like, I've got to be more careful. <laughs> because, you know, when you hit your head, you know, there's parts of your body you can hit, but something about hitting your head that really kind of jolts you. And I feel like there's some folks here who... You've, you've, you know, you're in Christianity, you do all the things that kind of are required, and yet sometimes you find yourself just saying, you know, there's, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something to this thing I'm not getting. I'd like to t- talk this morning a little bit about joy. I wonder if I ask you the question, what, um, what is Joy. Is joy an emotion? Is it something that just kind of happens? What is joy? And I imagine if I was to ask different people in this room, it'd some, be some similar comebacks, but, you know, we'd probably come with the same thing. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of a buzz. It's kind of an emotion. It's something you, you feel. Now, where I'm going with that is, is the fact that Jesus... I'm going to ask you to put up the uh, screen, the... Uh, the scripture I have in mind, and um, Paul's writing here, and he says, um, called to be an apostle to the will of God, and in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, it says here, uh, fixing our, your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Scorning its shame. Just to give you a little bit of a kind of a background of what this is all about. We, we probably, all of us here have seen the, the Passion of the Christ or something similar. The life of Christ, what he went through. But you know folks, when you really get down to it, um, it we see it on the film and we say, oh yeah, he, he suffered and yeah, he went. But you have to understand something. When he was going through what he went, all the time he was God. All the time he was king. We come to church this morning to worship him. But we see it in that situation. Him being humiliated. Okay? You know, you, anybody here ever been, you don't put up your hand, okay? Anybody here ever been betrayed by a friend? How does it feel? I didn't ask, no, open up your hand. That's it. I'm just, I'm asking the question, okay? <laughs> what did it feel like? Was it something you enjoyed? And said, oh, man, that guy betrayed me, man. I feel, oh, wow. That makes my day. Probably not. Here's Jesus spent three years with his disciples. 
when he was in his darkest hour, he was arrested. Right? And all the time, keep in mind, he's God. Go back into Isaiah 6, and you realize that the, 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 sheriff, the, the, the angels, we'll just call them angels for simplification, they were bowing down in worship, and they were crying, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know, I think that that, that was Jesus in the midst of that. Him being glorified, him being honored. He had all authority, all power. And yet here he was, being betrayed by human beings. So he goes on, he's betrayed. Oh, oh by the way, here's, an, here's another little thing that we probably didn't notice too, is the fact that when Judas was betrayed him and hung himself, right? How, how does that make Jesus... Uh, life look you know the people around that were around the area and and oh one of his disciples hung himself boy that says a lot H how would that go over but all the time he was God he was taken and he was whipped and beaten anybody ever again don't put up your hand <laughs> anybody ever been spit on humiliated. Huh? What's it feel like to be spit on and treated like something less? You know, me and my wife have a dog. We got a dog. How long we had that dog there? I don't know. And that dog gets all kinds of attention and, you know, my wife loves it to pieces. And He's all right. I like the dog, you know. <laughs> the whole thing of it is, sometimes it's, but it's a dog. It's a dog. You know, you have to be kind. Of, you know, just me, you know what I'm saying? Any dog lovers or cat lovers here, if you hope you'll still love me after the sermon's over. <laughs> but the point of it is, the whole time, he was God, folks. He was abused. He was beaten. They, they, they took a crown of thorns. And, and, you know, you look at that, and them thorns, they, they was long. And they just said, forced it on him. The pain. We even got to the cross yet. And he has to walk through the main city of the town and carrying a cross. And it got to the point where he's so weak he couldn't even carry it anymore. And he, I believe Jesus was a strong man. He was a carpenter, so he was a worker. He knew what it was to get out and do a day's work. So we understand that he went through something for you. And he went through something for me. But how did he do it? What was his, could I say, secret? I believe it was love. Because we see here where, you know, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. So I believe the, the basis for what he did was because he loved this. I believe when he was hanging on that cross, when he said, Father, forgive him, I believe he was looking 2,000 years down the road and seeing Gary Giles. He said, have mercy on that man. Have mercy! Because he was, he, he, he eyeballed me, he had me. Just like he eyeballed you. And he wanted you. But what kept him? What, what motivated him? What was, the, what was his strength? I said here, for the joy of the Lord, oh, excuse me, for the, in fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the perfecter, the pioneer, the beginner of our faith. Did you know that your faith didn't start with you? When I was uh, 17 years old, 16, 16 I think it was, 
remember I went to a meeting and I was, uh, heard this guy preaching. I grew up in a church, man. I, I knew all the language pretty good too. But I remember I heard this guy preaching. I don't know why his, whatever he was saying was different, but I said, you know, whatever that guy's got, you know, he was inviting people to come down and make a commitment. I said, I'm going to go down and get that. I, I didn't even know what it was. I just said, I'm going to get that. And so this one on a Tuesday, on a Sunday, I walked down there and I said, you know, yeah, I want Jesus. And that guy prayed with me and then I didn't, no, can't honestly say I felt anything significant, but there was a change. But I realized something. It wasn't Gary chasing Jesus, it was Jesus chasing Gary. He was pursuing me. Just like he's pursued you. I'm, I believe every one of you in here could give a testimony of a time in your life where you should have been dead or you should have been maimed or something should have happened, but mercy reached out and he touched you. Today, you're something different than you'd been, been if you'd have kept going the way you were going. Right? I was probably a reasonably decent sort of human being. I hadn't done a lot of error, evil, horrible things, but I was a sinner. We don't use that term too much today. Sinner. Okay? I needed a savior. And Jesus came and I said, yes. But how could he be motivated to go through everything he went through? And it says here, for the joy set before him. So keep in mind, we're going back. Here's God, okay? And he's going through all these things. He's been arrested illegally. He's been tried by the leaders of the day, the religious leaders, no less. He has been arrested now he's going to be beaten. You know, the, the, the 39 stripes, we kind of read about that and say, oh yeah, he had 39 stripes. Da, da, da. But you know, man, that there was people who after a beating like that, they dropped dead. They just couldn't handle the stress. Their bottled body couldn't handle the, the, the stress from all that beating. And then after that, no less, they make him carry his cross. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, give you a, a word picture here so that we don't miss something. We're Christians, I think, all of us that are, would profess to be Christians. But sometimes we have to reflect on truth. And sometimes you have to kind of, almost as if it were, go back and say, oh yeah, I remember he died. Oh yeah, I remember he bled. And they hung him on a cross. Imagine the pain, the agony. And all the time, all he would have had to do was snap his finger. And at one point when he was about to, when he was about to be arrested, he, uh, Peter, remember Peter got out his trusty sword and chopped the guy's ear off? May I suggest to you, Peter wasn't aiming for his ear. <laughs> he had something else in mind, I do believe that. But he hit the ear. And Jesus says, hey, 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 hey hold it. Healed the man's ear and said, don't you know I could call legions of angels and blow this whole thing right out of the water? If you study the Old Testament, at one point there was a, 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 a king who was against Israel and he had over 100,000 soldiers. One angel come in overnight and wiped out the whole bunch. The next day, the guy's sitting there trembling because all these soldiers are all screwed out dead. What would a legion of angels done? 
That's the kind of power. That's the kind of control and authority he had. That's all he would have had to do. He said, it's it. Angels come. But he said, no. He said, how then would the scriptures be fulfilled? Joy. Who for the joy set before him. So what, what, what kept him going? What kept him motivated? What, what, what kept him strong? If we go by what the scripture says here, it was joy. That's why I asked you the question earlier, what is joy? Because joy is something that has, I, I think, an authority. Not authority, that's not the right word. It has a power. It's like a car, you know, with the motor. Take the motor out, you're not going to go too far. But you put a good motor in that baby and boy, she'll go, right? And I bought a car and I don't know if I should or not, but I bought this car, twin turbos and all this power, and da, 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 da. you stick your foot in that thing, and she just goes. And <laughs> I just say that just to give you kind of an understanding that something pushed him, something motivated, something kept him going. Joy. Joy. And it goes on to say, too, not only for the joy, endured the, here's what he endured. Endured the cross. Scorning. And here's another term, scorning, despising, almost hating the shame. Hate the thought of when, when people hated him and they were beating on him, it's like that's disgusting. Because I can see beyond them. I'm reaching for something higher. The title of my message this morning is More of Me for More of You. I believe God is calling and challenging some folks that you know, you're at a point in your life when you're, you're kind of, maybe not at a crossroads, but you're at a point in your life where you say, you know, there's something I'm not getting. I believe God is saying to you, you give me more of you, and I'll give you more of me. And if you get more of me, it will transform you. It will change you. Will it cost you something? You bet your sweet baby it'll cost you something. Cost Jesus his life cost Jesus uh, um, all that he went through. Endured the cross. Scorning its shame. You know, again, God. The whole time, God. He was. When they were spitting on him, he was God. When they were beating him, he was God. When he was hanging on that cross, he was God. And all the time, he could have just said, that's it, I've had it. I'm out of here. But he endured the cross. Ladies and gentlemen, may I say this to you? If you're serious about following Jesus, it's going to cost you something. Sometimes, I've been a Christian for a number of years and preached for a little while. Sometimes, I'll use me as an example, sometimes I can get so almost desperate to see people saved, I'll say, well... Just come to Jesus, you know, and He'll give you peace. Come to Jesus and He'll take away your woes. And come to Jesus and He will just, you know, be everything you need to be. But as I'm getting older, I'm saying, but what does the Bible say? Jesus said this. He says, you want to be my disciple? <laughs> he didn't say, I'm going to promise you flowery beds of ease, jump on the bandwagon, and away we go. You know what He said? Take up your cross and you know, God loves you, but you know what his underlying desire, I believe, is to kill you. Isn't that joyous? 
Huh? <laughs> Isn't that exciting? And what I mean by that is literally not physically. You, you, you folks are with me on this. But he's saying, I want you to die to yourself so that I can live in you. You know, some of the crazy things we hear that are going on, have gone on in the church. You know why? Because somebody wasn't willing to die. Somebody said, I can eat my cake and I can have it too. I can have God, church, and Christianity, and you know, I can still live over here in my whatever. He said, no. He says, count the cost. You want to be my disciples, it's going to cost you. Paul didn't know, uh, excuse me, Jesus didn't only say die, but he had the nerve to say, die daily. So every day there's a piece of you that's no longer there because it's dead. Anybody here, Andy? Don't, again, don't put up your hand. Anybody, anybody had any experiences in the last few years where you've said, my Lord, what happened? I can still remember probably one of the most disturbing things that happened to me, my wife. Policeman come to my door, and I remember, whew, I remember I'm sitting waiting for my son to come home, and I'm up at the top of the stairs. She's at the bottom. We hear this knock, we see a, a, a thing coming up, a car coming up the laneway, and our son's due to come home. All of a sudden, you know, we see the car, oh, great, the boy's home. Da, 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 da. All of a sudden, this knock at the door. Why is he knocking at the door? He knows, you know, what's this? Come in. Are you Gary Jones? He said, I said, yes, sir. Your son's been killed in a car accident. Anybody here ever lose a child? You don't just lose a kid or a child, a human being. You lose a future. Your hopes, your dreams is kind of buried into that person. And all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. I could have cried and moaned. In fact, I had a guy tell me he was not a minister. He says, you know, I really admire you for continuing on because there's a lot of people who just said, I'm done with Christianity, forget it. That's it. If God can't take care of my kids, then that's just too bad. And I said, what am I going to do, man? What am I going to do? Who else can give me eternal life? I don't understand all this, but I says, but hey, man, he's worth living for. And he's worth dying for, man. Jesus. Endure the cross. And you know what? At the end of, the, at the end of all that, when he finally said, Lord, it's finished. And he bowed and he died. Wow. It says, and he sat down. Woo! At the right hand of the Father. He could see joy. Was it, what, what, did he feel joy during this whole being beaten and hanging on the cross? I don't think so. I believe the joy he saw and felt was something that was down the road. We live in a culture where if we're not careful, we can get caught up. I want it now. I want my gratification. I don't care what it is. Give it to me now. I don't want to wait. But he could look down the road. And he could say, hey guys, I'm moving towards something. Let me throw a question out to you. What kind of goals do you have in life? What do you want to see accomplished? What do you want written on your tombstone? Or what do you want written on your obituary? Did you know that day's coming? None of us like to admit it. I can remember the first time uh, 
I went to the hospital. I was having chest pain. I was 50 years old. So I'm standing there, and I'm having chest pain, man. I'm thinking, oh, man, what's going on? So I thought I had, t- so I wasn't feeling good. So I finally got home, and I said to my wife, I don't feel, here's some Tums. Try the Tums. See if that works. And a little worse than Tums, believe me. I got to the hospital. Normally, I'll sit there for four or five hours. I told him, listen, I got chest pains. Boy, you see, everything was flying in 10 directions. He said, sit down. So an hour later, a guy walks up, doctor, and he says, well, for everything we can tell, you're in the middle of having a heart attack. And I, I kind of said, I don't do heart attacks. What, give me something else, man. What else you got on the list there? <laughs> I tried, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, started to realize the brevity of life. Last summer, I was busy doing something at home. And I remember I have a defibrillator inside of me, and the thing kicked off. I'll simply say it kicked off a number of times. I got to the hospital in Kelowna, and the lady, she was a technician, and she's doing some work, and she's got a magnet on, and she's just hits it, like, you know, oh, by the way, this thing saved your life 12 times. I said, oh, is that right? (laughs) That's nice to know. (laughs) So when you stare death in the face, it gets your attention. We're passing through, folks. Probably 20, 25 years. Many of us won't be here. Who for the joy set before him. What's driving you? What's motivating you? And where are you going? Sat down at the right hand of the Father. (laughs) Who for the joy of accomplishing a goal, Amplified says, sat down, revealing his deity and the authority and the completion of his work. Shame as if nothing because of the joy he could see waiting for him. Love drove him. Future joy sustained him. That's why I call it a force. Something more than just an emotion. Emotions come and go. Joy. Joy he knew he would follow his sufferings would come later. When you find yourself floundering, you know what floundering is? You're just, oh, I'm not going to make it. You know, Getting discouraged in your uh, faith, go over the story again and of what he plowed through. That should shoot some adrenaline into your soul. God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son for you and for me. And we read that and we kind of say, amen, yeah, 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 but what does that really mean? It means that he says, come. Come. And if you're willing to lay your life down for me, I believe God is saying, I'll give you joy. Is it going to cost you something? You know, it's interesting. I think every one of us could probably say who love God, if there's been some loss of friends, who knows what else? You know, there's people in the world right now who are suffering. People who don't know where their next meal is going to come. People who've gone to church and the church got blown up. I was reading here an article not too long ago where I forget what country it was in now, and they literally had to run for their lives because the, the, enemy, the people were there. Even showed up at some people's door threatening them, and they spent the night out in the bush someplace just to survive. Paying a price, man. This, this thing cost. Thankfully, we don't have to pay, at least not right now, 
that kind of thing, but that's the cost. I am going to kind of wrap this thing up, but um, what I'm inviting you today to do, maybe our team could come up. I'm saying, if you're saying here, you know, I want more of God. I, I, I want to lay this thing down. I want to make it, uh, you know, maybe you've already made a commitment to the Lord, but you say, there's something more. I'm hungering for something, and I believe God is saying, I want to give it to you. You, you give me you, and I'll give you me. And I believe if you're willing to do that, cost, yes. But I believe you will move into realms of peace and joy that you don't even know exist even yet. You know, there's growth in this thing. Paul said, when I was a man, or, uh, when I was a, boy, a, ba- a child, I you know, used to act like a child, you know, function like a child, think like a child. How many know that that's easily done? You can do that when you're an adult, amen? <laughs> but he said, you know, there came a time when I laid down all that childish stuff and I became a man. I stepped into a new place, a different realm. I was the same person, but I became a man. Man understands that Christianity isn't a free ride. Jump on the bandwagon. Christianity is cost. Can I have the choir or the group come up? I'm going to invite those of uh, you who feel like you'd like to have prayer, maybe even a, a, a fresh commitment, rededication. We've got a room over there, and this is kind of a private thing, so I'm going to invite you if, you, if you feel that's what you want to do, you go over in that room over there and we'll have some prayer people. Maybe I'll join you in a little bit. And we'll pray for you. You know, we'll pray that God will meet you. God will touch you. God will do whatever he will do. But, you know, understand, it's going to cost. So you folks go ahead and maybe sing a piece of a song here. and then. So, any, so I want to keep that in mind. So just go to this room next door. We, all, we always have prayer over here, but... This is prayer over here is a little different than this prayer over here, if you can understand what I'm saying. I'd also like to uh, invite, perhaps you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you've never fully given. Maybe you've, you know, kind of said yes, you know, in a meeting or something like that. But you know, you've never really totally made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and that's you, I'm going to invite you to come up here and just stand in front. Jesus said, if you will deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father. If you, if you will uh, accept me before man, I'll accept you before my Father. So I'm going to invite, you to, uh, invite the folks to pray, or excuse me, to sing. And if you're here and you say, I want this Jesus, first time, I invite you to come forward now. And as I said, anybody else in the other room there, if you say, you know, there's something more I want, I'm hungry. I said, I invite you to go on over there and I'll be with you in a bit.